Welcome, everybody, to Bible on the Rocks. Today, we're going to talk about the story of Tamar from Genesis chapter 38, verses 1 through 30. As a general disclaimer, the views and opinions shared are those of the participants only and do not necessarily reflect those of any Christian denomination, nor do they reflect those of any of our sponsors. So sit back and enjoy as we explore the Bible with Bible on the Rocks. I'm Jeremy. I'm drinking uh, KO uh, bare knuckle whiskey. I'm Ed. I'm drinking Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Now, stuff. I'm Brett. Low I'm drinking calorie. KO bare knuckle straight rye whiskey this evening. Oh, that is right. Rye That's whiskey. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. All right. All uh, right. I'm Jameson. I'm drinking. The Distiller Select Woodford Reserve. <laughs> <He went nuts. laughs> Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Uh, Woodford Reserve. Um, Eric, I haven't decided on which one I'm going to pour. Oh, in. that's right. You're a latecomer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Josh, and I'm drinking Basil Hayden's Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And I'm the storyteller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you going to tell us? I'm going to tell a story. So, who wants a Bible story? With graphic sexual depictions. Have you ever wondered which Bible story is going to have that? Also, why some churches hate masturbation and birth control. Mm. This story is what they often point back to. Oh. All right. <clears throat> Interesting. So, long, long ago, in a land that is far, far away, um, so about 4,000 years ago in Canaan, we had... Uh, Trying to set some context. So God was working out his relationship with humanity through Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob, one of many of Isaac's kids, right? They have 12? 12, yes. Yes, yes. One of the 12. All right. So and then hang on. I think that was Jacob at 12, sounds right. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, Isaac had... Isaac had Jacob. And Esau. Okay. So we're talking about Jacob's children in the story. So, Jacob has many children. Can you twelve of them? Uh, no, one of them is <laughs> Benjamin. 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 He was a Benjaminite. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Just, just for clarification. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. So, we have... Where would I get to? Oh, so Judah. That's what I was trying to say. Judah was one of the sons. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of Jacob. And so, in the Bible, we come into this story. We're going to be talking about Tamar. And that story is in the middle of a story about the sons and Joseph. And so all the stuff happens with Joseph. That's for another day. But um, we start to talk about Judah. And Judah has a um, has three sons, Ur, Onan, and Shelah. And then... That's impressive. So from those three, uh, we kind of come into the story where um, his oldest son, Ur, he, he marries her to a woman named Tamar, who is the, the star of our story. And so the, the two of them get married, but they don't have children at first. And the Bible describes that Ur is a, is a horrible person that God does not like. And he dies sometime in his life kind of young or early. Maybe God even kills him is sort of how it's worded sometimes. And then uh, so Tamar is left as a, a widow. Um, so quick aside. I don't know if this is maybe historian type stuff, but mm-hmm. to make sense for the story, there's this concept in ancient Israel of the Leverite marriage, mm-hmm. which um, when a when a woman dies as a as a widow, the woman. No, sorry. When a man dies, <laughs> <as> a, <laughs> thank you, thank you, sorry. when a man dies, leaving a woman Wait, as a widow. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> okay. So when a man dies and leaves a woman as a widow mm-hmm. with no children, mm-hmm. the rules that God laid down are that her the man who died's brother should marry her and have a kid with her because in ancient times a woman who has no children it's like she's in a really bad spot economically and everything like that so it's an important thing to protect her so when Ur dies because he's kind of a bad guy apparently um, his brother Onan the other son of Judah marries her according to the custom um, however this is where it gets kind of interesting or in, I don't know whatever you want to call it so Onan says okay I'll marry her now, he would be second in line to sort of inheritance or whatever because he's the second son. But he's supposed to have a kid with her, and that kid then would be the actual true inheritance because it's through the first, through the sons or whatever. So uh, they're supposed, they get married, and he has sex with her. However, he, in the middle of his sexual intercourse with her, pulls out early. Um, I think that would be at the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think, but either way, yeah. So he pulls out. He withdraws. Which translation is that? And he ejaculates on the ground. Hey. The the funny fr- wording that I've read in multiple versions is he spills his seed on the ground. Nice mm-hmm. old school way to talk about that. I wonder what the Hebrew word for semen is. Uh-huh. Yo, Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's um if it has the same funny like um like playing words with sailors. As it does in Hebrew, as it does in English, <laughs> but ultimately that comes to the oh. term onanism, like yes. Oh shoot, onanism, where you spill the seed. <laughs> not not complete. Uh, word. Okay, so onan—that's what he's supposed to do, right? He's supposed to impregnate his dead brother's wife in order to give her children. That is like his duty. And he was effectively selfish and decided, I don't want to have another kid to take care of, and I don't want somebody in the way of my inheritance. So he 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 doesn't do it. He pulls out. He, you can't you can't blame him for that. True. I mean, yeah. it's no fun. But I understand what you're trying to get to is that you don't want any children. Extra Depends children. on what you do after you pull out. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, well, I just so, yeah. think he wanted the money. You know? All right. So, so he pulls he out, comes on the ground. And then, so she does, and so the Bible says clearly that God does not like that. That is him abusing his role. Because on one hand, he also, he like takes sort of his pleasure piece of getting to have sex with his brother's wife, dead brother's wife, but then he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, which is give her a child. So that's bad. And God's angry. He also dies young. And then so uh, Tamar is once again left a widow. And then so Judah has a third son, Shelah who should then marry her next, according to custom and law. But um, Judah is um, a f- is worried now. It seems like, oh, no, like Tam- Tamar seems cursed. All my sons who marry her die. Like, I don't want my youngest son to, to marry her and then also die. So he tells Tamar, go live back with your parents uh, or go back to your father's house and live as a widow. When, when Shayla's old enough, we'll let you guys get married. But that never happens. Shayla gets older. He never lets them get married. So Tamar is kind of left in this like horrible economic state of being alone and sort of stuck as a widow in her father's house. So that's where we kind of that's where the story gets kind of interesting. So Judah, his son, he's holding back the one son. Tamar is stuck in her bad spot. Now Judah's married to a woman whose name I cannot remember, but Judah's wife dies, and so he goes into a period of mourning. 
and he feels bad that she died and he like you know goes through all that and but then it's over at some point you know you, you mourn and and now he's going to move on and he decides hey it's time to take all my sheep and go to Tin Tinma Tima something like that it was a place to where he um, goes to get his sheep sheared after his period of mourning he decides to head down there Tamar hears about this and says here's my chance to change my life and she also goes um, along the way to where he's going in Tinma she takes off her like mourning clothes which was like apparently a thing when you're when you're a widow. Um, and you're you're dealing with the fact your um, husband died. Nice. You um, you wear some like special outfits. So everyone knows who you are. She takes that off. She puts on kind of regular clothes. She goes down to the place where um, she was on his way to go get a sheep sheared, and she wears a veil to cover her face and kind of dresses in a way that's suggestive that she might be a shrine prostitute. Now, interestingly, Judah he's traveling alone. He's got his all the sheep, he's going to get them sheared. He stops the rest and he goes, oh, look, there's a woman who's clearly a shrine prostitute. And, like, I guess any other weak man goes, hey, I'm going to go up to her and ask her, what does it cost to have sex with you? Been there a million times. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so, so he, he goes up to her and says, hey, um, I'm traveling when I have sex with you. And he doesn't recognize her because she's wearing the veil and everything. And uh, she says, and he's like, hey, how about I give you a um, what, a young goat from my flock? And she says, okay, that'll work, but um, how do I know you're going to actually give that to me? Why don't you give me something as like a promise in the interim? So he says, all right, here's my seal, my cord, and my staff as like, I'm going to give you these as proof that I'm going to go ahead and pay you with this goat later. So she says, okay, thanks. So she takes that. They sleep together. And then he goes on to shear sheep, and she goes back home with those things, holding them pregnant from that interaction with um, Judah. Now, Judah does his thing, gets his sheep sheared, he goes back. A couple, it seems like a couple months or whatever goes by, and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, no, Tamar's pregnant. She's a prostitute. We like she's doing bad stuff, and Judah's like, "What the? We need to well, punish Judah, her." Judah looked for her, and nobody. Oh, even, sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah, good point. Either. So Judah gets back from the thing, and he says, "Oh, hey, I, I owe this prostitute young goat." Yeah, let me. Also, also, all been there, right? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> Where's that right? goat? <laughs> so he uh, had a goat for every time. <laughs> <laughs> as, one, as one of his servants, um, go back. And to try to find her and pay her with the goat so he can get his stuff back. Um, he goes down there and talks to everybody locally. And he's like, hey, where's the prostitute that used to be here? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what are you talking about? We don't have any prostitutes. We're a fine, upstanding community. And <laughs> he's so, like, right. So, right, so the, the servant comes back and says, hey, I couldn't find her. He's like, well, I tried. I'm a good guy. Um, oh, well, we'll just let it go. Then a couple weeks later, it turns out, everyone's like, there's all the hubbub that um, Tamar is pregnant and that she's been acting like a prostitute. So Judah says, well, bring her to me. We're going to burn her alive. That's the way we punish prostitutes here. You know, okay. with a lot of attitude. Stand-up guy. Yeah, right? And, and he tried to find her to give her the goat. Yeah. He did well, try he to find her the goat. He, well, he knew she was a prostitute. Yeah. She just, he just thought she was unfaithful. Well, like, you know. it's an interesting cognitive dissonance to be like, all of a sudden, like, yeah, we're going to kill this That's girl. Right. Yeah. right. But now, I slept with a prostitute. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. A yeah. week or two ago, whatever I it was. I mean, that's the, the whole plank in your own eye yes. type of thing. Yeah. Right? And yeah. 
Not he, to be he, to be fair, he had no idea that his Trojan failed him. True. <laughs> yes. All right. There is a little bit where we, the guys were treated way better than the women back then, obviously, right? And they could be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll hire a prostitute, but I'm well, not a Some prostitute. might argue it's still that way. I would maybe also, Wait, depending on it is how the ancient, lonely I am. It's the ancient Near East. Yes, right. Women, yeah. women were property. Yes. Yeah. Basically. All right. So, but, but yet it's impressive that even in that era... She takes this into her own hands and, yes. and makes the decisions for herself, you know? Agreed. Kind of so, so yeah, so he says, hey, we're going to burn her, this, burn her, not the stake, that's like a middle, <laughs> that's like a mid, middle ages that's thing. Witch, yes. It sounds like a that's New a witch thing. Witch but he's going to burn her alive. And they're like, we're going to burn her alive. And she's like, okay, but hey, by the way, uh, this is the guy that impregnated me. He owns this stuff. Um, anybody recognize that? Wink, <laughs> wink, wink. And, oh, um, and she was like, oh. Uh, that's that's me and then interestingly he's like wow you're more uh, righteous than i am because i thought it was a crazy quote right he's like you're righteous more righteous than i am because i held my son back from you sheila or shayla whatever who should have been married to you but i was like all not following the rules so i was bad but and you did maybe a bad thing but it was better than the bad thing that i did so you're right and all forgiven now you don't like you're not going to get burned alive but um, it's so the ancient Near East equivalent of my bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We're straight. We're straight. <laughs> right. So so she comes back in and they're like, oh, okay, so that we're gonna let that go. And then she's also another crazy Genesis thing. She's pregnant with twins, hey. um, which is impressive, but also like kind of weird. And so um, runs in the family. Yes, it, right. that is true. Yeah, that is true. It's a hereditary thing. But it, um, so she goes. Was one of them really hairy? She goes. She goes to have an, an Edomite, maybe. Um, she goes to have children, and so while she's delivering the kids, one of the kids puts his arm out early, and the midwife ties a, a string around that. It's like, you're first, winner. Um, so a scarlet yeah, like yarn a cord, or whatever, yeah, cord yeah, thing yeah, on his yeah. arm. And then so it pulls back in, and then so Perez and... I think that might be the roots of Kabbalah. Uh, what is that name? Kabbalah? Yeah, the Jewish per- mystics. That Perez and... Ashton Kutcher's one. So is Madonna. Zara. Zara. So Perez comes out first, but really Zara was first because he was the one who stuck his arm out. And he gets the Scarlet Thread, so they come out, and they're both born as twins, but uh, Zara ends up being the firstborn. And so and it's kind of like, hey, great job, Tamar. <laughs> you figured out how to make your way back into the household, have some kids, and those kids end up in the line of David. And so, well, the one the, the one story. that was actually second born, but technically first completely born, ends yeah. up being the one that's the line of David. Like I think. That's, oh, okay. I think because only one of I them. I believe you. The one only one of, <laughs> only one of them so. goes on to I think to David. So and they descend through Jesus. Perez, not yeah, not the other guy who I already forgot his name. Yeah. Well, because he wasn't f- the technically firstborn. Not Sheila. Not Sheila, Shame, but... A guy named Sheila. Shell. <laughs> but um, Zara. 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 Perez and Zara. Perez and Zara. Perez. <laughs> Interesting. There's quite a bit anyway, to unpack with this. Well, there's I mean, a lot story, to that story. Yeah. yeah. And so I leave it to... <laughs> the rest of you to figure out what that means but it is interesting that Tamar she she's a it's an arranged marriage the first time and the second time and she's kind of like screwed by society and the whole thing 
And she is very inventive and creative and driven to like make her like spot in the world be better. And it almost ends up really bad for her. But then like the realization that she did what she could to sort of protect herself. And then it's sort of rewarded. Yeah. I put air quotes for those of you. This is a podcast. Um, rewarded yeah. with being in the line of David and then the line of Jesus. So. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think you have to put air quotes around <laughs> the rewarded. Right. But, you know, I, she definitely uses, as a woman in the ancient Near East who didn't have any power. But there she is, used what she had. She used what power she did have to. to De- t- deceit. Yeah. No, sex. Oh. Uh, that is a powerful thing. Yeah. And, but uh, That's ironic, how I live my life. Ironic, ironically, she was blessed by God. Because yes. of the decisions she made, because she knows God knew that she had been wronged by Judah and his family. I mean, <laughs> so that's the crazy thing. You go prostitute yourself, yet you were the one that's blessed by God because what had led up to it, you know, you had ultimately been wronged by not being offered the youngest son who she could have had uh, but. a son with, and 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 kept the family line going, you know, because right. oh, 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 that's the threat, you know, if you don't end up having a son, your line, your lineage doesn't continue on. Right. And to fulfill the promise God made to Abraham, <clears throat> she kind of has to. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, Judah doesn't have any grandkids, any grandsons, I sons, guess. Yeah. Right, right. I what couldn't, the, uh, what's it, Sheila? Shella? Shella. Shella. Couldn't Shella have had other kids with other wives, though? I suppose. I think, but I think according to the law, law that Tamar's, if Tamar had a son, because she was married to the eldest, right, that son became the one who received. Yeah. Well, uh, by law, she was supposed to marry even the youngest son. I mean, Judah was supposed to give his youngest son to her by law, but then he held that back. And right. So, yeah. I wonder how old he was, Shella. Like when Onan, when Onan died, when Onan died, I wonder like how old. Sixteen. So, oh, that's dude. my guess. Yeah. But probably. Nah, if he was sixteen, he would have. He would have been right in there. It's like six, seven, maybe. <laughs> and it was like, all oh, right, at sixteen, they wouldn't say wait till he gets yeah, older. They yeah. would have been like, oh, he's a man. It's past bar right. mitzvah. Yeah, yeah, true. Get in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is the second week in a row that somebody used deceit in order to accomplish. What was apparently God's purpose? I that's what I was thinking about. I'm like, right? does everyone lie all the time in Genesis and the Old Testament? Is just like you know Jacob, a couple of generations back, but still that name is the deceiver, right? Right. right? The yeah. idea of yeah. like you know whatever, all bad, all, whatever happens, it's God is in control. That seems to be the well. So the so text to me, <laughs> Onan, Onan used deceit. Onan. He did right. He was supposed to. Yeah. Plant his seed, uh, not on the ground, right? But in so there, speak. right? And he wound up dead. Yes. Well, that's a so. Uh, so, what deceit so is good and what deceit is bad? So that's a fun though conversation. I didn't know where we're gonna go with that, but that is like, um, so the Catholic Church, who is like, no birth control, right. no whatever. They point back to this like idea that in um, in this passage, it you know God looks unfavorably of spilling your seed on the ground and. And lots of theologians over time, including like Calvin and others I read, looked at this and said, see, this is an example of why, back to Monty Python, like every sperm is sacred. (laughs) (laughs) And you got to like, it's got to go forward for the the plan of... Of of children and stuff like that, and I don't I'm not sure where I feel like about that, but it is interesting that like this like random thing of like the other stuff I read and what I felt like is 
Onin disobeys God. That's the bad thing. It's in coming like pulling out coming on the ground is interesting. It's dirty. <laughs> it's a fun thing to, to be in a Bible <laughs> to talk about. But um but it's not so much that act so much as like his job is to go in there and give his brother's wife a kid so that she's not left alone as like a yeah. as yeah. a uh, a widow. And so it's a selfish act and it's a disobedient act. That's the bad thing. Yeah. But other people like to point at that and say, no, no, no. Like, that's why you can't masturbate. That's why you can't use a condom. That's why you can't. Because God hates when stuff goes on the ground. Or you'll go blind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll die or go blind. Go yeah. blind. So yeah, so so they really just some context. they really just extrapolate that all semen not going into a vagina counts as onanism. Is that what you're saying? So yeah, there was definitely like an interesting thing. I did some reading, or is it just onto the ground? Like I said, um, Calvin, a bunch of other Catholic theologians go, "Oh, see, look, God hates it when um, seed is not used purely for." I still feel uncomfortable even at the state I'm in. <laughs> Um, but, um, but seed is not used clearly for the, um, like more children or whatever when, when sex is not for procreation, but, but it's really about disobedience, right? It's about disobedience in every, in my opinion, in the more honest assessment, the more, um, you know, just like the better analysis of this passage, like other people come in with their, like, uh, I hate sexual fun i'm gonna like you know use this as a way to justify the my puritan whatever kind of opinion but if you step back it's really about it's about disobedience and about also like in a way like hurting tamar as a like and women in general who are like in a exposed vulnerable spot they need to be like taken care of and this is about you know a guy who's like i don't care about you i'm gonna be selfish again and, and ignore you and god being like really, um, you know, the whole Hebrew tradition is being a bit. Um, oh, that sounds so awesome. Um, but the whole Hebrew tradition and God is being a kind of counter historian or counter culture to be like, no, um, you know, even though now women are property, and on some levels, even within the Israeli or Jewish culture, women are property. It's it's still more advanced than everyone around them to say people are people. We need to protect these people. Right. And that's that's a theme throughout Genesis is yeah. the progressiveness of the Jewish people in the ancient Near East. Right. In comparison. Exactly. Every, everything yes. is progressive. Mm-hmm. The creation story is, is, is progressive. Abraham knowing God, that doesn't happen in the ancient Near East. You don't know somebody. Right, right. 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 That's like a like a faraway thing. The it's, idea of a personal relationship right. is very Wait, very so what's progressive, progressive here? The fact that... In, there is a story with a woman who's been wronged, and right, she okay. she takes she uses what she, she uses what she has that a man doesn't have, right? In order to take what she deserved, that yeah. would have never that was an outlier in the ancient Near East, right? Like this yeah. kind of story yeah. is an outlier. Can, can we go back to Ur? Why did he die? He so was, Ur was in, uh was considered evil in the eyes of the Lord. And then I think he was just kind of like a like a bad guy in general. Yeah, just a dirtbag. It doesn't yeah. go into detail. It just says he was wicked sense, and God killed him. Yeah. yeah. Why couldn't he give her a son before God killed him? Because he's a he's a bad guy and God well, doesn't reward you. It says you that him. he died young. I don't know whether the timing just bad wasn't seed. there or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying he might it, have it's also interesting been... that, that God took this path with the story yeah. when it could have just been 
Ur was a bad guy, but he had a kid with Tamar. Yeah, so right. and, and so that happens. He, right, but he was dead. All right, I think it's so this is empowering to Tamar. But. Yeah, yeah. So we're saying he's a bad guy. We go look at this whole story. Who's the good guy? Uh, like, how are we determining who's Tamar. the bad guy? We're determining because the good guy is, is the, the, bad the guy, guy right? in town who was like. We don't have prostitutes here. <laughs> <laughs> There's the good guy. Right. And I would say Tam- Tamar, because she's, she's looking out for herself, and she's taking care of like people and doing the right thing. Well, so she's the I, one that God definitely favors in yeah. the whole story. But. Right, right. Well, I think what, what's interesting to me when I hear this is the determination of who's bad. Uh, everybody, I'm really. Bad. I'm very bad. Well, and I, I think, too, it, the idea of deceit. Right, we feel we obviously Tamar deceived Judah, right? But was blessed because of it, yeah. and recognized as a hero for what she did. Like I think, does Judah says you're the righteous one here? Right, like, right. You're is, you're more righteous than me. That yeah. was that was the the thing that I took away from it. Yeah, yeah. So in a way, Judah may be the good guy because he at some point at least mm-hmm. demonstrates humility, recognizes that he's in the wrong. And he and he admits he so he owns up. So the other story of Tamar with David, right? <laughs> what? what? The one that Brett and I read. There's another Tamar. The wrong one that I read. One that Brett and I read. But it's interesting, right? So like, so so, so we'll I've got David. I've got time. David on the brain, right? But David, his life was pretty effed up. Um, he did some crazy thing. stuff. But then, but then God talks about it, he's a man of his own heart. So Judah here, right? Even though there's this cultural norm which is pretty bad not great for women judah at some point at least admits and has the humility to admit i wronged you right i think it's just because he got busted she showed up and was like hey does anybody know who's the stuff is and he's and he i don't know if if she hadn't showed up with that stuff right he would have never he was he was already saying like oh well i tried with the prostitute to give her her goat but, but what? So right. what? Uh, what mechanism for accountability is there for Judah? So he's the patriarch of this family. He probably could have said, "Yeah, she still acted like a prostitute. We're gonna burn her." Right, and that would have been bad. But at yeah. least at some point, he he understand. I mean, so yeah. There, so there was kind of he like recognized a, his own fault in that. Which yeah, there was like, a yeah. reckoning almost, right? So God shows him his sin, and at least at at certain and point, in a way, it's foreshadowing to Jesus, like. If you're without sin, throw the first stone, right? Which is like, if you're going to cop an attitude and say that Tamar is wrong as being a prostitute, you're the one sleeping with prostitutes. Right. You can't have prostitutes without Johns, right? Right. And so, like, that's a little, I feel like, back to the progressiveness of this story, right? And you have, like, Judah realizing, like, oh, yeah, I was just as bad as you are. I'm going to go ahead and give you grace and mercy. I'm Unfortunately, worse than you. He's, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're, I'm worse than you. You're the one because I didn't give you my my third son that I should have according to the law. But so, given the position of women, that's actually kind of a progressive viewpoint, right? So he could have just been like, "Yeah, you're a woman. Whatever. We don't believe what you say." I'm with you. I mean, it's still bad. I mean, <sighs> so kind of the difficulty here is 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 looking at it through the lens of our current cultural norms, where this this is a, this is an effed up story. Right. This is really bad. And you don't just don't treat women this way, right? But so your point about it being progressive, pretty progressive, right? Where he his response, you're right. A I little think bit. I'm with you. Yeah. I and and, and I'm not, not so so. I mean, it's it's a little nuance of who's a good guy, right? Because sure. I'm a pretty bad guy too. But but at least 
Judah at, at certain points. I think you're great, Brett. He, Thank you. Appreciate that. I love you, buddy. <laughs> well, I mean, she, he could sit there. I was and really say, confused about who said that because because <laughs> it sounded like it was like I was like oh, Jeremy. It's from everywhere. It's from everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, he could call. sit there and say, "Yeah, I don't believe you," but she had the proof. She had the staff, the cord, and the seal, and so. Everybody it, it, it's interesting, like, though, the gall that he had, where he glosses over what he did, sleeping with a prostitute. <clears throat> He's like, we got to burn this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that speaks more to the cultural norms back then, I think. I think just like the a lot of the Bible stories in the Old Testament tells us more about the people than it does necessarily about how God feels about something. But I feel like we still do it today. Do what? Gloss over our own sins and point at other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's always easier to do that, isn't it? Well, (laughs) sure. That's what I do. Yeah. But the the sense of like saying, you know what? You're more righteous than I am. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, think about that for a minute. Yeah. Like to actually say that to someone that you have wronged, right? And in those, I mean, the reality is he could have simply said, nope, wasn't me. Someone stole my stuff. That wasn't me. I mean, and, and it would have been a... a true I shaggy mean, it wasn't style. Like a, yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> there would have been no court case or anything. He said it. Boom, it was done, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he could have totally... I want to sing it. But there's a humility there that, like, and hey. honestly, it's probably lacking in our society. I don't know if I read humility. I think mm-hmm. I, I. He did get called out. You're right. I mean, there was there yeah. was overwhelming evidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he is he is he is the individual with all the power. He's the it patriarch, is. the man. You're right. Yeah. And he hands that back to her. Yeah. And in a, almost in a figurative sense, he says he does it, but also in a literal sense, right? Because her children go on to be the ones that carry on that lineage, the authority of his. Household, so both in a you're right in a figurative sense and a, a literal sense, he he's the one with the power and he gives it where it's due. Yeah, I mean, let's not say he's a great guy. Sure, I'm just saying. He's, so that's that's the beauty of these stories. Right. I think is is the richness of it is it's like a real human condition, right? right. I mean, it's yeah. We 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 like to look at it and think like, oh, I wouldn't be a total jerk like uh, sure. Judah. Right. I would. Yeah. <laughs> See, there you go. So that's that's, that's the thing. Is I like, can't tell you how many times I've given my cord to a prostitute. Oh my god! If I had a goat, spare your seat on the ground. I don't have any goats, and that should tell you something. I've given up a lot of goats, guys. So I, th- I think that's what makes me think that these stories are valid, because and in scripture is valid because it's not trying to cover up and say like. Oh, the lineage that leads up to Jesus is all really, really good people, right? right. I mean, they're like real jerks, sure. like real people are. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. They're liars and deceivers and just like us. Right. They're human beings. It does, and again, even in the broader, to what you're speaking to, even in the broader context of Israel, right? And the, the people who the nation came from, in the middle of this Joseph story, where Joseph is the hero, right? Right in the middle of this Joseph hero story, there's this story about Judah that's he's a dirtbag. Tamar has to do whatever she can to right the situation. Judah recognizes it and does the right thing. But there's a part of it that creates this kind of 
juxtaposition of exactly what you're talking about yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. Because if you were trying to, I've heard it, you know, you hear it said, I've heard it said <clears throat> that if you're trying to start a religion, this isn't, these aren't the kind of stories you tell, right? If you're trying to get people to buy in, you don't tell them that the lineage of the person that you believe was the manifestation of the, the narrative right. was this lineage. Yeah. 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 Right. So, and, uh, and leave those tales in the book. Right. And I mean, granted, we know this came from some type of, it had to come from some type of oral history, right? They weren't writing it down. But I think it can challenge the way that we respond to, I think it should and can challenge the way that we respond. Jeremy mentioned, like, pointing out other people's sins, that that's Mm. easier to do. Yeah, right. Right? And that's what we tend to do. But it also challenges that norm of what do you do when somebody does something that could be perceived as wrong? I think there's a very behavioral piece to this, too. <clears throat> There's a very behavioral piece to this. That yeah. all behavior is communication, right? Yeah. Even down to. I'm sorry. What? All behavior. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you really weren't listening. I don't get it right now, but I'm hoping. Communication. Okay. Communication. okay. Communication. All behavior is communication. Yeah. Even even subconscious, even things we do subconsciously, like breathing, is communicating that I'm alive to yeah, you sure. from breathing, yeah. right? Okay. And there's a very real thing that when somebody feels like they don't have power. They're willing, they, they end up doing something that is outside the ordinary, outside of what's acceptable in order to bring attention to that need that they have. And I think this is an example of a very human thing that Tamar did, is that she had lost what she needed and she did whatever it took in order to bring attention to this and effectively communicated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, it comes up, there's a book I'm reading, it's called Humility is the New Smart. By mm. Edward Hess, and it's mm. it really talks about giving up your self-centeredness and being able to work with others. And I think kind of this is what happens with Judah. He he gives up his self-centeredness, realizing, "Wow, I really screwed this lady over several times." And but I also, but I mean, <laughs> learning things from others and and taking a step back and realizing. Okay, I might not be the center of my own universe type thing, and just like I might be able to learn things from other other people. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I'm going to say something too because I don't. I, it's hard for me. I get that Judah showed humility. I'm with you, but I think there's also eventually a, there's eventually yeah, but there's eventually. also a pragmatic aspect to this, right? If you were a dad in ancient Near East and you needed your progeny to continue in order for your line to continue. And you had three sons, and your first one died, and then your second one died, and all you had left was one, you might be thinking the odds are stacked against me here, so maybe I need to, like, maybe this is a good thing, too, that so, she, she becomes pregnant. So eating crow to allow his lineage to continue because I don't know what happened to, to the boy true. named... I don't know what happened to the boy named Sheila. Oh, can, I, yeah. can I just say, is this child Judah's fourth child? Well, fourth yes. and fifth, right? Fourth and fifth. Fourth and twins, yeah. Right. The twins, yeah. Well, he might have had... That we know of. Who knows? He might have had concubines and all that kind of crap. He was well, sleeping with well, prostitutes. So, but, knows and, and there might have been girls that, involved in all of this. I'm Pro- just saying that... Prostitutes got to work, too. And Shella. Yeah. And then Perez and... Perez and... Uh, Perez and Zerath. Hilton. Zerath. Perez and Not Zerath. Z is something Yeah. Perez and... Zira. Zebra. <laughs> Zeba. I can't push the button. Zera? Uh, Zera. 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 Oh, it's almost zebra. I, I like zebra. I think Zera 
might be related to the Hebrew. That name might be related to the Hebrew word for seed. I think it might. It's Zerah is the word for seed in Hebrew. <laughs> so, so what do we learn from all this? Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. We haven't been talking about it all the time. But what are what are our takeaways? <laughs> right. hey, the, on a more serious note, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You should wait till he's done, because it might not really be. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and then it goes back to the comment that I made earlier. Like, pay attention to yourself, and pay attention to what you're doing, and don't try burning prostitutes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely don't burn... Definitely don't burn prostitutes. That's a, that's a valid point. I got point. one of those three covered. Yeah. Safe. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> We're all thinking really hard right now. <laughs> I take away a couple things. So obedience matters, right? So Joe, Judah was not obedient yes. to what the law stated should have done. And then... Neither the other, was zoning because he exactly. pulled out. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So and, the, and there's part of it where apparently Judah did not train his children well, right? Yeah. So Onan should have thought that through. Right. And his first son was an a-hole and died yeah. because of it. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. Right, and then <laughs> word, and then so so that's one takeaway. The other takeaway I have is 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 God's plan is not defeated, right? So so God ha- has a plan to send His Savior, and you're not going to defeat that. He's going to figure that out. And I don't know, I don't know a tactful way to say this, but the uniqueness of God working through faulty humans that we don't know what we're doing, we're sinful, we're deceitful. But God works through us for his plan. I, I see that in this story as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, I think that's a common theme throughout the whole Bible. It's just learning things through people's fault, definitely. But actually, I read some other like commentary and stuff like that, like the um, Hardcore Bible, NIV, King James, whatever. It's like very... Hardcore? Like, yes. So that's one of the translations. Yes. It's very limited <laughs> to say like, oh, when, when, um, mm. when Judah was on his way, he saw this stuff. But, like, the Talmud and a couple other, like, Jewish tradition things are more, like, he drank a bunch of wine, and then he was like, oh, who's this lady? And I understand that. But also, you thought she was... <laughs> so you mentioned she was a temple prostitute, which would not be so she did, temple of God. It would no, definitely not be wrong. a temple of God. Definitely not a temple of God. Yeah. She was the... Um, she she was They considered her a shrine prostitute because she was at a location where... Um, Josh is destroying equipment, just saying. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's good. Method. That's good to understand. <laughs> but, um, just she was um, she was a shrine prostitute, considered like along the. I can't remember my notes, but speaking of shrine prostitutes, was that like you. the shriners? But can you hear the the women downstairs? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't hear some women downstairs saying. Oh, they're, they're, Why is Josh oh, still talking? Oh, no. He's an idiot. Oh. Pizza! Pizza's here! Oh my gosh, we got oh. pizza. My wife Jennifer is the greatest woman in the world, mm. and she brought Man. pizza to share with us. Give her a go. Yeah. Give her a go. Because I'm sure I'm not giving her enough. <laughs> she also let in some no, cool air because no. it's hot in here. We're talking about the Bible here. Everything we've said tonight is. Completely in the balance. All right, Tamar, we'll see you I, later. I love sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I only get half the plane. I figured I'd leave you some jerk. Oh my gosh, this is so that is true. Stuff. I feel like if we wrap up the takeaways, we can just enjoy.
enjoy the pizza, can we? Uh, yes. That's right. All so right, what's your takeaway? What else My we got? T- all right. So I'm gonna push. I'm gonna push back against. Push in. Push back. No, no, no. I'm gonna push back against a little bit against the whole idea of because it's uh, we're looking back and thinking that this all became a part of the path towards Jesus, right? They wouldn't have thought that. The Jewish people would have had yeah. no clue. Right. Especially yeah, the sure. first ones reading it, right? Yeah. And I think when I think about it from a Jewish perspective, or I try to, I think there's a... I'm they're sorry definitive, for all the noise. <laughs> I'll wait till you sit down. The only thing worse than one person eating Doritos is five people eating Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, don't eat the sausage. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dan. <laughs> I think from a Jewish perspective, they're they're painting this picture of their identity as compared to the other nations around them. Like mm-hmm. we know that this would have been the root of Genesis. Like the whole book is written to distinguish them from the other groups around them. It carries with it this idea of that progressiveness we talked about, that we're not a nation like the other nations, that we're different than the other nations, and that even in a situation that would look a lot like the other nations would find themselves in, right? Like Judah, the head of the household, sleeping with a temple prostitute because he wanted to, and reacting to his apparent daughter-in-law's immorality by saying, let's kill her, right? But then turning around and saying, hey, you were in the right here. I think that that's an important distinction of the story is this kind of identification that we are different from the people around us. I think on the most human level for me, it goes back to that communication that oftentimes what we perceive as bad behavior in other people is in response to our own poor behavior and our and our own lack of awareness of what their needs are and a willingness to, like Jameson talked about, about the humility is the new smart, give up what we want to give what somebody else needs. And there's a reciprocity to our humanity, right? That if I give up what I have and what I need to give you what you want and what you need. And you're giving up what you have and what you what you want in order to give me what I want and what I need. Then we both get what we want and what we need. And I think this is a story that highlights that reciprocity and the way it's supposed to work. And I think that's a very human thing. And even if I'm giving up what I have and what I want to somebody who needs it and they can't give it back to me, I should have people around me that are giving me what I need. And that way I can give up what I have without having to try to cling to it. And I think that that's a very human aspect of the story that anybody could take away from it and see that we should respond. We, our first response to bad behavior in other people shouldn't be judgment, which goes back to Jeremy's point. Amen. So, All right. Hearing you guys chew on these microphones <laughs> is brutal. Is that it's, a wrap? It's pretty bad. Yeah. Is any of that usable, given that we're all chewing while he was talking? Yeah, we'll leave the pizza stuff. Because it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I can hear all of you. (laughs) Really? Yes. It's like a cacophony of chewing. That pizza sounds really moist. (laughs) (laughs) I love moist. I love moist. So I think we're there, right? Thank you for joining this episode of of Bible on the Rocks. Bible on the Rocks? (laughs) Yeah. That's it, bro. I came up with it. You were here for that. Bible on the Rocks. <laughs> this guy right here, we were we had we had tunnel vision on bourbon for some reason, oh, yeah. and this guy's like, why don't we just do Bible on the Rocks? Genius. Yeah, yeah. I felt so like, many levels I with felt, the rocks. Yeah, yeah. so many yeah. levels. I felt like when it happened, it was good, like we would all know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I felt like we hadn't got there yet. And that's the one. I like that. Bible yeah. on the rocks. Mm-hmm. That's sexy too, man. Right? It is sexy. Yes. That's what Tamar sexy. said. <laughs> <laughs>